0: We are at number three, the third Poetry for the People podcast. You guys that are here today have heard some of your uh, classmates already. And how has the program sounded to you?
1: It was actually really interesting because then uh, when, when I walked in the classroom, and the program was playing, and uh, I was listening to the voice. I was like, this person sounds very familiar. <laughs> uh, can't be someone from our class. And I was like, oh, wow. These sound really clear, concise. Wow. I was like, wait, it's our
0: classmate, Jenny.
1: And wait, that radio host voice. Oh, it's Jeff. (laughs) Amazing. And
0: now now that we've got that down, we need you to introduce yourself.
1: My name is uh, William Zhang. I go to CCSF. All
0: right. And we're going to have your studio mate uh, introduce himself.
2: Hi, everybody. Uh, My name is Josue Hernandez, and I'm also in the Poetry to the People class. Happy to be here today.
0: And we're happy to have you here. We're happy to see you guys every Tuesday, every Tuesday evening. The Poetry for the People class taught by Tamina Khan. She is our inspiration and our muse. Will, is this the first uh, time you've ever taken poetry?
1: Well... I've actually taken poetry in um, high school. I guess one reason is I took this class because of high school. Because oh, then yeah. there, are, I'm not sure if you guys would consider. I, I consider Shakespeare to be poetry. Shakespeare's poetry, right? No, no, yeah. no, no. I
0: definitely. Well, he he wrote some mm-hmm. poetry. Some of it pretty racy. I used to like reading. I remember that one. Uh, I think it was Venus and Adonis, and I thought, mm-hmm. "Hey, where, where's the action going to be?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll, I, I'll, I'll, I like
0: that Venus girl. <laughs>
1: I was uh, more into, uh, like, a Romeo and Juliet, because I was like, oh, man, oh, this the is a fun classic. Part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: and actually there have been some good, uh, several good movies mm-hmm. made from that.
1: Because then uh, Romeo and Juliet was, I was like, oh, cool, I could be Romeo and this girl could be Juliet.
0: <laughs> have you found your Juliet yet? Uh, I
1: have, I have. Ooh. Three years, going to four almost.
0: Is that a girlfriend or a wife?
1: Girlfriend, girlfriend.
0: Well, you never know.
1: She won't know, or <laughs> I won't know.
0: <laughs> Hence hope she's
1: not hearing this. <laughs> do,
0: do, does she like your poetry? She finds my poetry very, let's
1: say, corny. <laughs> but she, she's like, oh, it's really appealing. Mm-hmm.
0: Just like Will. <laughs> were, were you already writing poetry when you were in high school?
1: I did a lot of... Uh, Sad poetry, despair poetry, sorrow, darkness. That might have been adolescence. Yeah, because then I guess um, when I was a child, I was, how you say, I was bullied for for my differences, my different way of thinking. The schools I went to were uh, more into rap and R and B. I was just into their gentle music.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, and, and then I would write things on the side just to vent things out in a healthier way. So but I,
0: poetry can do that. It can really be a good release and mm-hmm, expression. Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself now writing different kinds of poetry because you're at a different place in your life?
1: Let's say I didn't know that you could write poetry in so many different ways. Like right. I, I know there's haikus. I know there's, I guess, rhyming poetry. I didn't know that you could actually write poetry on almost anything you want like a listing poetry it's great because right. taking this class opened what, up my eyes that's what
0: we're talking about in uh, the last class mm-hmm, mm-hmm. L- list poetry yeah.
1: <laughs> it was great though because then like you're able to let off steam as you're writing it out thinking about things that just irks you or things that inspires you
0: so poetry you seem to be saying is really good for you Definitely. so uh what sort of poems did you bring with you today? Well, what's the first one that we're going to hear from you?
1: So the first one I brought is called Jitters. So it's about childhood memories. Mm. When you're when you growing up as a child, you just find out that you're going to uh, different places and it's all it's all weird to you. You're unfamiliar with the places you're going to and you meet unfamiliar people. You do unfamiliar things. But as a child, you're curious at the same time, but you're, you want to be cautious. You want to keep yourself reserved at the same time you really want to just express yourself.
0: Yeah, that's kind of a universal thing. How does that sound in poetry, Will?
1: Well, here, I'll read my, uh, my piece that I've written in class.
0: All right.
1: It's called uh, Jitters. Early in the morning, my parents buckled me up in the car. The car zooms, beeps, honks, screeches. Something has happened. The vehicle suddenly stopped, and an uneasy feeling filled my body. My mother and father walked to my side of the car and opened the door for me, stepped out of the car into an unknown place full of mysteries and question marks. There were kids my height, my age around me. This feeling of excitement, nervousness runs down my back. Different color skins, different height, different hair. My parents then turned around, started to walk away while I was in awe. Mama, Papa, don't leave me. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I want to stay with you. I want to go home. I grabbed onto my parents for dear life with my chubby little fingers. Suddenly but surely, my grip began to loosen. My world suddenly disappeared by every step they took. This tall person grabbed me by the hand and tells me, you will be fine. This will be your classroom. Salt water runs down to my face. Strings of depressing thoughts flooded my mind. Have I been abandoned? Have I been sold off? Where am I going to go? What did I do wrong? The tall person hands me a round, ruby red object with a white stick on the end. Go ahead now. Eat it. It won't bite. I look at it. I stick into my mouth, thinking it might be the last thing I do. The tears went away, and thoughts subside. The sweet, delicious, round... Red, ruby, heavenliness calmed me down. I followed a tall person to the room with the kids like me. The tall person had me go join the kids in their activity. I joined the table of six and noticed something amazing. The chairs was was a perfect size for me. The table was perfect for me, too. I began painting with other kids. My hand dipped in paint like chocolate-covered strawberries. The cold wetness engulfed my hands. I have lost it the bright colors, the assortment of colors. I rubbed and rubbed on the big white sheet of paper until it wasn't white anymore. I painted until there wasn't any color left. Something has happened. The classroom was silence. Everyone was cleaning up. The bell rings and class was over. Why has it stopped? I haven't finished painting my masterpiece. It looked like an ink block that the therapist would use. My father comes to pick me up. Till tomorrow, building a mystery. Till tomorrow, tall person. Till tomorrow, ruby red round goodness.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. There's so many sensations. I mean, mm-hmm. people are mm-hmm. listening to us right now over some or other kind of audio device. But hearing that they're going to be seeing things, they're going to be tasting things and they're going to be traveling back to childhood something we all mm-hmm. share yeah. that, that, that was Wu zhang Jose, how did that poem hit you
2: one word i can describe it is authentic i i enjoyed it so much because of how authentic it was very pure in the sense that you weren't afraid to tap deep into um your past and how that shaped your present mm-hmm. and just how you're able to share that because uh everyone has a story and you're willing to share that with us and, th- and that's a gift for everyone so we appreciate it and I, I like it a lot man thank you guys and
0: you're sharing it with us with real tenderness it isn't the perspective in a, of, of an adult True. even though you obviously are one now an adult capable of having girlfriends mm-hmm. uh, But but but, <laughs> but 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 this story that you lay out is so tender and so childlike that, that's part of what is beautiful and part of what is uh, universal about it.
1: I guess uh, a lot of things that influences you now, it's what you happened to you in the past as a right. child, too. That's vital. Right. As, you, yes. as you start growing up, you absorb things. Mm-hmm. Like my poem, there's a lot of sensory in there, a lot of feeling, a lot of tasting, a lot of seeing. Like you're experiencing different emotions that you haven't experienced before. The thing is that when you're growing up, you're going to experience things like that. It's going to be very difficult in the beginning.
0: The challenge of it, Jose, tell us whether your poetry goes back that far in your life, back to to kiddom. How far back does it go for you?
2: So the first poem I'm going to talk, I'm gonna bring some context into it. It's titled right. "Thank You." Uh, as a matter of fact, I wrote this poem on the first day of of our class. The weekend before that, um, I lost my uncle, mm-hmm. so That's I was very I was very sentimental deep inside. I kept to myself was with my family and so when when we all came to the poetry to the people class the first day i was just inspired by the choice of words that we got from that assignment or that assignment i just put what i was feeling onto paper and it just came out that yeah, way okay. and it had like a healing effect for myself so yeah that's what i would say it's, it's, it's right
0: uh
1: poetry is
2: like therapy right absolutely it
0: can be when you do it right the way these guys do it Jose, <laughs> do please share that poem with us
2: absolutely A joyous afternoon it has been, not because it's raining, but because it has everyone indoors and in love. Family uplifts the temple as we mourn the loved one, washing our sorrows away and painting smiles as we turn those frowns upside down. Although it may be harder to breathe, I sleep better in peace knowing that you're now in our hearts, mind, and spirit. We banter and rejoice over the good times and memories of you as we partake in celery sticks, pan dulce, hot chocolate, and coffee. A limelicious feeling deep inside, but a burst of lime I feel as I reflect on the gifts and life lessons that have been equally earned and given by you freely. Our family, friends, community, and on to me. From humble beginnings until it's time to meet again. Thank you for everything, Tio Camilo.
1: Beautiful, wow, that's beautiful. Amazing.
0: Had you been doing poetry before you started the class this semester?
2: Poetry to me started, I grew up Christian, so there's a lot of verses in the Bible that, that's very poetic. And then when I will go to Sunday school, I will learn these verses, but then I'll fall in love with just reading the scripture and getting the meaning out of it that I'll start writing my own poetry. Things and, that
0: and Any particular part of scripture, any particular verse that... Comes to mind for you.
2: I I may get this wrong, so please forgive me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We have forgiveness. Yes,
2: I believe it's John 15 13, where it says this No better love than this that he laid down his life for his friends. So to me, that's love in its most authentic form. You can do that with a family member, with a friend, or your community, or anyone that's that important to you or to a cause. It can even be to a cause.
0: When you began writing poetry, did you find yourself expressing yourself in that sort of sentiment, a caring community kind of thing?
2: Absolutely. Uh, I'm from San Francisco, born and raised. I grew up in San Francisco during a time period that it was really bad in the Mission District. There was a lot of gang violence, and um, I didn't want to join a gang because I looked at how how hard my parents worked really hard to provide a better life for me and my family there was all these obstacles in the way having to go through these neighborhoods. And it's just, I would get harassed or I would get jumped because I chose not to join a gang. And I had no way to express it. I would, violence would have been like the thing to do, but my parents and my institution in this school and church, I taught me that, you know, violence is not the answer. So that's when I started diving into the answers in the Bible. And it just occurred to me, Hey, I can write this stuff down myself. And that's how I was able to express those sentiments and just, use that platform to alleviate those feelings and also have a voice because i'm at that age i was sure that i wasn't the only one that was going through those exact things or didn't have an outlet to express it in that manner
0: so as much as you admired the words of the bible and as you probably admired the leaders in your church it sounds like you began to hear a josue voice a special voice
2: Absolutely. That's when I realized that um, there is greatness in everyone. Everyone has a yeah. story. To, everyone has a story mm-hmm. to tell. And some people are shy and are not comfortable going on a microphone, speaking to a crowd. Just me. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> and in writing, it's it could be for yourself. And when you're ready, you can share that gift out to the world. I mean, we're living in t- today's 21st century. Now we can do this on a podcast and people to people to our classroom. So I just... I think it's amazing how poetry is able to uncover the unknown, what is inside us, and just either bring us back or help us dive into issues or current events that are going on, or what we expect our future to be as we shape it.
0: Yeah, we're talking about the Poetry for the People podcast, and what uh, Jose is making me think about is a fourth P, which uh-huh. is power. power. We, we have power in this poetry. Will, are you going to be willing to share with us another one of your poems? Uh, please tell us about it. You can tell us a little bit about how you got inspired to do it.
1: Okay. So um, when I did it, it, was basically we went to a bookstore to listen to uh, our, I think, most of the classes first poetry hearing. Because I'm sure a lot of us didn't really uh, go to the hearings yet.
0: Was that the burden uh, mm-hmm. Bucket bookstore in Glen Park? Yes, sir.
1: Yeah, because they, they have...
0: Poetry readings there, I open mics, I think, like every other Monday or something yeah. like that, along with a lot of jazz, some Latin, yeah. uh, world music, all that kind of stuff. So you felt good being there at the bookstore.
1: It, it was very nice. It, even though it seemed really cramped, it was like homey type of feeling. It's, <laughs> you understand what I mean, <laughs> yeah, right? I very, I very Very yeah.
2: interpersonal, very intimate. Yeah, yeah. You,
1: you walk in, there, there's books up to the ceilings. There's books, like, hang out of the shelves. Like, wow. I was like, all right. And when you're in there, it feels like you're just in your own little world.
0: The world of books.
1: Yes. It was interesting because in there hearing everyone else, uh, everyone else's poetry, how different each person had their own poem set up. Right. It was inspiring because you're not sure of how how to write your poem in the beginning or how poetry is supposed to be. like. Is there a mm. one standard for everything? And once you hear one else's poetry, their stories and their the inspirations, things unravel for you.
0: The diversity of the expression Mm -hmm. of poetry kind of matches the diversity of the poets. Even in the studio, we have diversity of age, diversity of ethnicity, and yet we're all pretty damn good (laughs) poets. (laughs) And we're fun. So so the poem that you're going to read to us, Will, is one that was inspired by that... uh, Yes,
1: by the bookstore. uh,
0: By the bookstore. Please go ahead.
1: Okay. And it's called The Bookstore. A place where people become vulnerable. A place where people can care for one another's thoughts. A place full of power and knowledge. A place to escape from the world. Unfamiliar faces pass by. Shelves full of books. Knowledge should be unlocked. People of all shapes and sizes. Big people, round people, small people, short people, long-haired people, short-haired people. Some clap, some snap. The room are flooded with people. Like-minded individuals seek this thing called poetry. They come together to share the truth, their souls, their heart, their brain, the sadness in their life, their achievements, their goals and their dreams. Story to be told, truth to be heard.
0: Nice. nice. Yeah. Uh, another thing I realize I like in your poetry, Will, is that it sounds like you are speaking to us. It doesn't <laughs> yeah, sound like you are up on a stage lecturing at us. Mm-hmm. You're speaking in this very friendly, buddy-next-to-you kind of voice. Yeah. Uh... I really like the way you're able to do that.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I like to play with the sound. Because yeah. then different tone makes your poetry or makes your uh, words sounds different. And it, it sounds amazing when people put effort and emotion into it. Like one of our classmates, Cameron, yeah. his voice is amazing. <laughs> yeah. He was on the last beautiful. podcast. Yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah he's it's, got that resonance.
1: I know, it's great hearing that type of voice. He's the one to project himself, rhyme himself. It's, it's, it's great.
0: <laughs> yeah, look forward to seeing him every weekend and all the rest of them.
2: Yeah, reading, hearing your poem for the second time Will, uh, was amazing. I immediately tapped right into being back in high school, meeting my librarian. She opened up uh, poetry every Friday nights, and uh, that's kind of how I got built up my confidence and self-esteem. It's just like, oh, I'm, I'm too shy to talk to this girl. Let me write a poem down. <laughs> let me read it out to the audience, and then let me make eye contact with her or any um, social issues that are going mm. on in the neighborhood or on an international scale. Because the way you describe the library, that's the libraries I remember when I used to go to back in the day, whether it's the Excelsior Library oh, yeah. or the Mission Library. That poem alone, talking about the books, I could mm. can smell it. Gives you just back into your there. inner childhood again. It's beautiful, man. L-
0: libraries and bookstores are kind of holy places.
1: Absolutely. Libraries, bookstores are just information to anything you want. Like, if you want to fall into fantasy, you will find a book about fantasy. If you want to learn about politics, you read a book about politics. It's a, how you say, a fountain of unlimited knowledge. Right.
0: It's true, and creativity. Mm. Oh, I yes. Mean, I hope that you guys are going to end up having books being sold at Burden Beckett in the poetry section. Mm, and I nice. definitely want to hear from you, Josue, uh, a little bit more of what you've written.
2: Yes. So the second poem I wrote, it was actually inspired by, I don't remember what week it was in our poetry of people class, but uh shout out to Ms. Tamina Khan. She told us, go out into the world and get a source of inspiration, write mm. about something that catches your attention. She said, walk around the park or go to the beach and believe it or not i was at work at midnight and i went on netflix and then the medal of honor series came on because i'm from san francisco I'm, I'm a marine corps combat veteran two tours in afghanistan oh. Oh, and wow. uh so why i'm mentioning that in this poem how it's related is because when i came to city college after my service i had an english professor named by mr benjamin boxiera he's also from the mission district and he's also Marine Corps combat veteran himself, so I relate to him a lot, and he says he learned his calling when he was in the middle, in the war zone, he became fond of writing, and that's how he began to read and write, how to express all those sentiments and put it down on paper, and that's what inspired him to become a teacher eventually, and it's just someone that's from the same community as I, has gone through the same experiences, that's really what inspired to write this poem here and connect it towards this poem in the documentary series that I just mentioned called the Medal of Honor, because these all Medal of Honor recipients are, are a very diverse group of people, despite the racism that was going on in our country, you know, in this mm-hmm. case, with World War One. However, I must say that World War II, those guys are the greatest generation for a reason. They didn't just come back and fight tyranny and oppression. They changed things here in the United States because of their service. The government was took people of color seriously, which really paved the way for the civil rights movement to happen so yeah. that's something that's wow. not spoken about so they,
0: they were the fathers and mothers and grandfathers and grandmothers of today's activists absolutely so your poem was it inspired by your own service or what was uh,
2: a combination of the the theme for this poem that yeah. Ms. Khan wanted us to do also my service and also watching okay. all these citations and videos of these medal of honor recipients right. so I'll get right to it right now. titled Recognition. The radio, a synonymous voice, but yet a distant sound, a concoction of black and green. If you listen closely, you can also see brown, red, yellow and white. Never on schedule, but just in time. Many hands and voices carry its message, but yet music and letters connect you and me. Can you feel me become a part of you? We're making history both foreign and domestic together. I feel love just like you. I feel honored just like you. I feel fear just like you. And yes, I also shed red, white, and blue just like you. Even though we are living in the violent world and must pick up arms, let our words become our weapon and our hands give peace a chance. Surrounded and outnumbered, I still love the odds because if we can change, so can the rest of humanity
0: hey wow you know well, part of what i like about hoseway's poems it sounds like a simple thing but in the context mm-hmm. of his poem it's significant he says you he keeps mm-hmm. on addressing us you and me and everybody who's going to be listening to this on the podcast we are the you he's reaching out to us and he's saying pay attention
1: and yeah. join me he's saying like you know this world's this world's changing let's stick together let's I'm not sure if I can interpret correctly, but then let's stick together and just <laughs> pretty much. But well, I'm getting what mm-hmm. you're
0: saying because uh, also you guys are bring all this out in a time of a huge amount of conflict. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. What just happened today? Uh, there's this release of the Mueller report, but it isn't really the whole Mueller report. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and the uh, certain parties are trying to duck and hide their responsibilities. And basically, you guys are coming out saying, take your responsibility, speak about it, manifest it, and do some good.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: And I think that's part of the inspiration in Tamina Khan's class. Really, that is more than just a poetry class. It really is a beautiful, resonant, ongoing call to action. Yeah,
2: and I do want to dive in real quick and say that this poetry class, it is a... It is a call to action because uh, one, uh, Ms. Tamina provides that platform to speak your piece, whatever you're feeling inside. And it doesn't matter if everyone agrees or disagrees. Everyone has a voice and there's no restrictions. And to me, this class presents, we live by ideologies. what is the highest form of uh patriotism to me it's public service and to me public service is what we're doing here we're we're telling our own stories and um we're speaking of things that we are for what we're against and or to bring onto attention so um
0: i just had to step in and say that public but, service uh, and freedom of expression oh, Abso- yeah.
1: absolutely it's, it's like the, the best thing ever because then if you're if you're unable to express yourself you won't really have anywhere else to go because you're kept all your emotions locked up and with her class, I really like her classes because then she entices us to go out there and be different and just find our inspiration anywhere possible. Like my inspiration is sometimes when I have like a writer's block, I would either sit in the shower for a long time. While <laughs> exactly. That could work. Hot water just hits you and you're just like, it's yeah. hot, uh, turn it down a little bit. And you're like, wait, oh. And Oswe was talking about, writing notes in the water, aqua notes. Yeah. I actually went to get a couple of those. Nice. A, and and they're really handy. Yeah, yeah, But then it uh, didn't really work for me when I went to the steam room. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, of course.
0: <laughs> steam rooms are, or saunas can be a good place to kind of meditate, you know, turn yourself into the thinker and just you know, what, what's going to come next? Are you going to keep writing poetry, Well,
1: Well, I guess it depends on my feeling, my mood, what I would write. I mean, do you
0: think it will go forward into your life? Is this going to be now something you're not going to let go?
1: Oh, of course. Because then, what Ms. Tamina taught us that carrying a little book around, writing things down, it just has me driving the car, just thinking about random things, connecting it together. I was like, oh, I could write poetry about about my sister. Oh, I could write poetry Mm -hmm. about my family. Like, uh, I just recently had a thought about my my sister, younger sister. She basically short story. She she started crying, fake crying, in the uh, dining room. My mom <laughs> went up to her. What's wrong? What's wrong? And she's like, "Oh, brother, hit me, brother, hit me." So I'm in my room playing video games. She comes inside with a big what they call in Chinese <laughs> "gaimo." So it's a big uh, yeah. feather duster, yeah. <laughs> and she whoops me right there, six, seven, eight. I remember that. Once she hits eight, it cracked. I was like, oh, okay, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. But I was like, I should write a poem
0: about that. You should. And use the Chinese (laughs) in there. That totally fits. That's fantastic. Jose, where are things going to go for you, poetically?
2: You know, I want to continue what I'm doing. Uh, I mentioned my English professor previously, Mr. Benjamin Boxier, because... I used to write letters a lot back and forth to my parents, to mm-hmm. my family, to my relatives, to my community. And that helped a lot. It brought back those skill sets. And um taking Mr. Boxyara's class, he really emphasizes on English is continuously learning. You're constantly challenging yourself with reading, you're writing every day. That's how you improve your English and grammar and that's how you let things out, whatever it's that you're feeling inside and what, what's keeping you down and I just want to continue writing because each day is a different day. It's a new story, and one day we can pass this down to the next generation, and uh, hopefully they can learn from our lessons instead of repeating them again.
0: That's true. You know, who who knows? Maybe sometime soon we'll actually have Mm -hmm. good news,
1: right? To (laughs) to
0: write poetry about.
1: Let's just hope the uh, the future us or people in the future will uh, will be inspired by our poetry. It's like, hey, this person did such and such. We shouldn't be doing that, should we? (laughs) Right. And and, and
0: let's hope that Will's girlfriend finally gets his poetry and Uh, realizes what a good creative artist this man is.
2: Thank you. A rose in the letter goes a long
1: way, by the way. (laughs) A rose in the letter, I I think, for her is a boba. Boba and the letter will be fine. <laughs> there, we, there we go.
0: <laughs> and way we hope in your life that you continue to get all of the uh, the good feedback that you so much uh, deserve.
1: Yes, sir. It's it's great that you talk about your family and you keep things like dear to your heart. Poetry is something that it's very valuable. It's something that you don't really want to share, but you uh, somehow, somewhere, you just want to have people hear it but then you don't want people to destroy it right
2: right and i also look at it in the sense that there might be people out there or a person however you Mm want to say it that They're afraid to speak up on something, or they're not ready to share what it is that they're feeling, what they're going through. And if someone else says, "Hey, this person did it," well, that means I can too, you know. So it's just—it's very important to just share that because keeping things bottled up inside it doesn't do us any good, short term or long term. So this is just one of the many forms that poetry has been a blessing and a gift.
0: I feel so lucky that you guys saw fit to share what you do over our. Poetry for the People podcast. Thank you for coming in today. Thank you. Shout out also again to our wonderful instructor, Tamina Khan, to our producer here at City College, Nicholas Harder. And by the way, what you've heard today from these talented gentlemen, and I guess also from the two podcasts we have already archived is now available, listen, gentlemen, now available through Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. You can get it all kinds of ways all over the world, anytime, 24-7. How about that? Beautiful, amazing. All right, guys, thanks for coming in, and keep writing.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you.